Distress Frequency, Horror, Sci-Fi, and Adventure from Columbus, Ohio. Tonight we're taking you back to that golden age of science fiction, the 1980s. Tonight's feature presentation is The Colossus of Ice, featuring some space buccaneers who are mostly concerned with frozen water. If you walked through a video store between 1983 and 1999, or if you were watching TBS at 3 in the morning around 1995, then you know you're in for a totally spaced adventure. Everyone else, I hope you enjoy the ride. A little business at the top of the show. Check us out at our website, distressfrequency.com, and hit us up on Twitter at distressfreak, that's distress, F-R-E-Q. Don't forget to rate, share, and subscribe. So the background for this piece is there's this galaxy uh, where water is scarce. Uh, it's controlled by the, uh, the Knights of the Temple. Uh, so you have these pirates who are out there trying to steal water for the black market, uh, typically water in the form of ice. Uh, so there's one particular pirate uh, named Ava Minerva. Uh, you know, I'm doing this wrong. Uh, let me bring in the foley and just start the show. We take you to a distant galaxy, or perhaps not so distant, where water is the most scarce and precious commodity. And in that galaxy we find the planet of Duodaxinam V, ruled by the cruel Countess Ruhel Boehm. And on the southern continent of Duodaxinam V, standing at the edge of the howling wastes, it rises a mile into the air, a colossus of ice. It is a tremendous statue of a human being, carved entirely of ice, bearing the visage of the Countess Ruhel Boehm. In a galaxy where water is scarce, it stands as an unfathomable monument to the greed of one person. But such a rich treasure is sure to attract pirates. Ava Minerva, captain of the pirate ship Star of Naragi, stands at the base of the Colossus, gazing up at the richest prize in the Hundred Systems. She turns to her first mate, Guthrie. It's like a small ocean on feet. Or my retirement looming up into the sky. Do you feel the cool flowing off of it, Guthrie? Scanning. It's held up by an endurium skeleton. There are cooling tubes running to the extremities like... like veins in a living person. That's about a hundred gallons just running off as meltwater. Look at this grass at the base. I haven't seen a lawn like that since I left the capital. The energy needed to cool that much water on the edge of the desert. It's said that half the planet's power goes to keep this one statue frozen. Half this planet's power wouldn't be much. I've never seen such a jerkwater kennel filled with rubes and peasants. Hold up, Captain. They have a lot of guards for this one statue. The Countess probably doesn't want her citizens drinking the water. She wants them off her lawn. So, can we lift it? I think so. The Star of Naragi was a heavy lifter before she was a pirate ship. We just need to... Uh, detach it from the base. All right. Well, we can do that. Are you ready with your part of this caper, Guthrie? Aye, aye, sir. I just need to infiltrate the Countess's palace, download the statue's schematics, and see if I can't disrupt the guard rotation. And I just need to steal a mole tank. After appropriating a tunnel buggy, the intrepid pirate captain sets off deep underground in search of a colossal digging machine. The Countess and her predecessors have long since exhausted the planet's surface water, so they must search ever deeper for underground water sources. After a day of driving, Captain Minerva overtakes the massive mole tank. Won't need much stealth. 
This thing's as loud as a starship crash. Ow! Hell's hotter than I thought. It should just be one or two officers and a crew of slaves, so I just need to find the control pod. Hmm. There's no one here. Allow me to check the course. You there! Stand where you are! It is loud in here. I didn't hear you come in. I have what is called the drop on you. Back away from the controls, stowaway. Stowaway? I'm a pirate. And we both know you're not going to use that light thrower in here. You blow a hole in those controls and junk the whole machine. It's a pretty long walk back to the surface. Indeed. So, how do you propose we settle the ownership of this vehicle? With steel, old man. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> You've got some technique. I'm no mere slave driver. I studied fencing with Matthias and Skule in the Rausch Cluster. So did I. Before they kicked me out. Blades locked. Test of strength, then? No, of cunning. My nose. You broke my nose. And here's your ass. Out the hatch with you. Huh. He must have been a legacy. Oh, well. Hey there, me hearties! I'm Captain Ava Minerva, and I just killed your overseer. You're free men! Well, that was straightforward. Once the mole men finish celebrating their emancipation, I just need to shanghai them into my crew, then set a course for the rendezvous point. The wind tears across the Badlands, lashing the sides of the stolen mole tank. Guthrie is a day late to the rendezvous. Ava Minerva scans the horizon for her missing first mate, shielding her eyes from the stinging wind. Come on, Guthrie. I can't leave this mole tank out here in the open too long. Sooner or later, the Countess's security satellites will get a bead on us. Suddenly, the mole tank's ferrodetectors spy a small craft, a low-slung ground sailor pushed hard by the tearing winds too small to be a patrol. Mole men, we've got company. Get ready to dive for the mantle, on my mark. Oi, oi, Captain Minerva. The ground sailor comes to a stop by the mole tank and a solitary figure steps out. The figure is bent with age and walks stiffly with a cane. It approaches the tank. Captain Minerva. Ahoy, Captain. Permission to come aboard? Guthrie? Here, have some water. Happened to you? Thank you, ma'am. What happened was the Countess's men found me tapping into the palace mainframe. I guess I got careless. They brought me before her. So, an off-world spy. Scheming the combination to the treasure vault, no doubt. You'll get nothing from me, tyrant. Now, boys, be gentle with our guest. He's a valued member of our palace retinue now. What the hell does that mean? You've seen my Colossus of Ice, no doubt. It's a gaudy leftover from my predecessor. But I maintain it because the people have come to expect it. 
No, my passion is for the small and beautiful things. Boys, let him turn his head to the left and see my collection of bonsai trees. They're nice. They're exquisite. Doidaxinum 5 is too poor to support forests, but I can hold the essence of life here in this way. Huh. That one's a great use of negative space. You have a good eye. You'll do well in retirement. Retirement? You don't need pretty words if you're going to kill me. I'm not going to kill you. You see, the problem with bonsai is that a proper cultivator can take generations. And I am not a patient woman. I desire to see my soul reflected in my bonsai, and I do not have generations to wait. What's that have to do with me? I have decided that you will cultivate my next masterpiece. Here, boys, fasten him to the time platform. Before you, you see a seedling and a diagram of the finished bonsai that I desire. Once we turn on the time platform, you and the tree will be passed through time at an accelerated rate. Thirty years will pass for you, but I shall have my bonsai in about forty-five minutes. And if I refuse? I'll have you shot if you do a bad job. If you refuse, you'll be broken on the wheel. And if I do a good job? You'll be free to go, retired. You'll be thirty years older. I'm told that many of the previous retirees now make a living begging for scraps in alleyways and thoroughfares. Not a luxurious living, but a living. Boys, spin up the time platform. The energy you're using for the time platform, it could power your society for years. You could build jobs into industry, with the energy you're using on miniature trees, you could rule over a wealthy planet. A wealthy planet? I'm not a greedy woman. Do be sure to get the trunk to twist counterclockwise. That's my favorite part. I'll see you in the future, sir. Guthrie, I'm so sorry. I had no idea. <coughs> it's all right, ma'am. I've had 30 years to come to grips with it. When I became a gentleman of fortune, I expected to lose my life. As it stands, I've only lost half of it. I've lost men before, but not like this. And I have worse news. The plan, it won't work. That's tough luck, old man. Well, I guess it's not the only booty in the Hundred Worlds. Oh, no. I'm going through with the job. That tyrant took half my life. But I've had 30 years to figure out how to make her pay. Oh? What have you got? They didn't bother to take my phone. So I was trapped in there with all the plans to the Colossus of Ice. It's too heavy for the Star of Naragi to lift, but I figured out how to bring it to the ship.
The crewmen of the Mole Tank know their business. They use their massive drill to punch a hole only two feet in diameter into the Colossus's lower levels. Poisonous cave gas fills the underground complex and the guards slump at their stations. As the gas clears, Ava Minerva and the now-aged Guthrie climb through the hole to an underground passage filled with power cables and cooling ducts. Minerva calls to the hole to bid farewell to the Mole Men. First-rate navigation, me hearties. Now tell me again the next phase of the plan. Aye, aye, Captain Minerva. You and Mr. Guthrie will set the fusion lifters and we'll go knock a hole in the aerodrome at Thearb Gulch. We're counting on you, lads. If the Countess can get those fighters in the air, the whole operation is scuttled. And if we fail, we have a lot of gardening to look forward to. We won't let you down, ma'am. We owe you our freedom. All right, Guthrie, put your back into it. <laughs> Easy on me, Captain. I'm not as young as I used to be. You're young enough to hang, you scallywag. Here, I'll fix the first one. Here's the energy tap. We'll take the power from the cooling system and redirect it to the fusion lifters. I'm familiar with the plan, Mr. Guthrie. Less talking, more tapping. Halt right there, varlet! Keep working on these lifters, Mr. Guthrie. I'll try to lead them away. Ah, the slave driver with the pedigree. I thought I left you a hundred miles under the planet's surface. I knew you'd be here. It's the only treasure on this pitiful rock worth stealing. I'm here to defend the honor of the Matthiasen school. Does the school's honor lead you to run human chattel for a bilge rat like the Countess Rue Hellbaum? If so, I'm glad I skipped my class reunion. I offer you the traditional salute of the honorable school. It's to be a regular old duel, then, is it? Honor demands no less. Well, on guard, then. I see you've been practicing. It's been years since I've had a worthy opponent. All these years wasted on this dung heap of a planet with these beastly people. My talents wasted. They passed you over for promotions, huh? Can't imagine why. You attempted to insult me, but my blade will speak for me. Guthrie, how's it coming? One more, sir. And you? Just a minute. The time to boast is after the fighting is won. You studied with Llewellyn, didn't you? Yes. Why? No reason. Just passing the time. Here. Ah! Good cut, sir. That'll be <laughs> the end of me. <clears throat> then. <laughs> I offer you the traditional salute given to a worthy opponent. I thank you. I die not as a slave driver, but as a swordsman with honor. Yes, with honor. And I'm sure that'll help you tremendously. Guthrie, it's time to go. Right behind you, ma'am. Two guards at the door. Not for long. There. Make for the ground sailor. There. More guards. They're gaining. Get in the car.
Start the fusion lifters, Mr. Guthrie. More speed, Captain. She's wide open. Minerva and Guthrie careen to safety as the fusion lifters roar to life. The Colossus of Ice rises into the sky in a pillar of flame. Minerva and Guthrie watch the rising giant through their field glasses. Time to call the ship. Oh, it's nice to get phone service again. I've been underground for three days. Cricket, come in, positronic scalawag. This is your captain. Between the fusion lifters and the star of Naragi, you should be able to hassle it into orbit. Are the lads in their rocket packs? Send them out with the cables post-haste. Ah, oh, is that Bowman? Tell him to get the cable under the armpit, not the elbow. Have McGurr loop that one under the chin. Captain, three fighters approaching. Nor by Norwest. Looks like the mole men couldn't get all of them. A full flight of fighters is ten. I only count three inbound. That'll have to do. Mr. Cricket, I believe you're familiar with the point defense cannons on the Star of Naragi. My programming does not permit me to harm, to harm, to harm a living being. It doesn't permit you to harm a sentient being, I know. But on my honor as a pirate, I promise those are drone fighters. Sensors detect life forms in the... Fine, fine, fine. Put Miss Durst on guns. Lads, tighten the hawser under the armpit. Durst! Durst! There's a bogey coming up from the port. Seven o'clock, lass! McGurr, make fast those grapples. Bowman, stay aloft to tighten the shoulder. That's a good lad. Fourth fast mover, ma'am. Coming up quick from the leeward. It's hanging back. Durst, looks like that fighter's going to unlimber some long-range steel. Quick, with the guns! Yes! Direct hit. Good lass! No. No, wait. Hit it again! The fighter's out of control! Knock it out of the sky! It's going to crash into the Colossus. The Colossus is cracking across the chest. Take her up, Mr. Cricket! Get that thing into orbit! The fusion lifters are running out of juice. I can't keep the thrust steady. Take her up! Take her up! There goes the Colossus. It'll burn up and re-entry. Damn it! Blast. My prize and treasure all that time. All that blood and to be undone by one crashed fighter craft. Damn the Countess Rue Hellbone. Damn every peasant on this pitiful rock to the... Why am I wet? It's raining, Captain. For the first time in 500 years, it's raining on Dual Daxnum 5. You've been listening to The Colossus of Ice, starring Jenny Key as Captain Ava Minerva, Keith Jackson as her first mate Guthrie, 
Aaron Sinclair as the overseer, and Alicia Yates as the countess. The Colossus of Ice was written and produced by Tony Goins, who provided additional voices. I want to give a special shout out here to Keith for stepping in at the last minute. Keith is a local voice actor who can usually be heard in It's All Been Done Presents, another local radio show where he plays a number of roles. This was the first one we recorded remotely, so we had a couple of technical hiccups here, but I think it hangs together. We had a lot of fun with this one, and hopefully Jenny will be back soon to bring us more of Ava Minerva's exploits. If you get a moment, please check out our website, distressfrequency.com, for show notes and behind-the-scenes content, and don't miss our special VHS cover box art by Brent Bowman. As always, you can contact us there or on Twitter at distressfreak, that's distress, F-R-E-Q. And if you get a moment, we'd really appreciate it if you rate, share, and subscribe. Mm-hmm.